Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. And this is our weekly discussion about marriage and family in the Christian life. Today we want to talk about... Uh, <laughs> what do we want to talk about, Bethany? <laughs> Tell me. We're talking about how to keep yourself from a fight, right? We're, we're, we're discussing what it is to keep a conversation a conversation and not turn it into a quarrel. Yeah, we, we really wrestled with like how to even phrase this because <laughs> it's essentially what we want to cover is five wise principles to keep you from turning a conversation into a quarrel, yeah. right? To, to keep a conversation a conversation and not let it turn into a fight. Yeah, because you know that tipping point, right? When you're in a discussion with your spouse and all of a sudden you feel it, at least I do, I feel like we're on the verge of a cliff here. We could easily just fall into this fight, but there's some things that will keep you from that. And so that's what we want to talk about yeah, today. Yeah, I think we've had plenty of conversations where before we know it, we're fighting about the way we had a conversation, not about the stuff in the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we're in this argument and it's like, you brought this up and you said it this way and mm-hmm. you know, we're arguing about the argument. Yeah. The topic becomes totally, un, I don't know, it's not even part of the picture. All of a sudden I'm mad. You've fallen into the cliff. I've been, I'm in the cliff <laughs> and I'm, I'm responding to not the content of what you're saying, yeah. but the way and how you said it and the where and the tone of voice, all these additional things that come into play. Yeah. So what, yeah. So what are the five wise principles to keep you from turning a conversation into a quarrel? What's number one? I think the first principle we need to think about in making sure your you know, argument or your discussion doesn't turn into an argument, a kerfuffle really, mm. that is, is has to do with timing. I mean, for me, it's really important for when and where we get into some of these deeper, more difficult discussions. It can't just be at any place, at any time, on our way to a public spot or a party or you know somewhere where I have to be around other people. Because for me, I just my emotions get a little revved up and it's harder for me to set aside kind of a difficult conversation and switch gears. Yeah. I think it might be easier for you. I don't know. It It seems like it is. I think it's easier for guys in general to just kind of shift gears and have a conversation about something on the road, you know, to a party or whatever. And then when they get there, turn that conversation off, enter the party and be, be good. Right. Because, you know, we go to all sorts of parties. <laughs> and, you We're know. such party goers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just There's and pink so I, balloons <laughs> and toy, kid toys yeah. and all that kind of stuff at our parties. Right. Right. Well, it's a kid's soccer game. I mean, you know, whatever. You don't want to show up somewhere where you're around other people and you have this weight kind of hanging on. At least for me, that's hard. So I think when should I bring up a deep discussion or a difficult topic and yeah. where? Yeah. And, and that will be helpful especially I think for me when you think through that timing and you do a good job of this so how how do you actually do that practically speaking the, the thought comes into your mind and I can mm-hmm. I can sometimes visibly see thoughts <laughs> come into your mind Ooh. and you know you've got this thing that you want to bring up you've wanted to talk to me about it it's a big yeah. issue it's something that yeah. you know is going on with me or you know something I've done wrong I don't know some some big discussion and you table it for later how does that happen for you Well, I try to think about where you are and what you're up to and how this will affect 
um, your day or your life. So there was actually just something I wanted to talk to you about parenting stuff. And mm -hmm. we did that last night, but I had this thought maybe a week ago, maybe a few days before that. And it just never seemed to be the right time where we could have the full discussion mm -hmm. and have time afterwards to cool down if needed. And so I just tabled it to when we would have some quiet alone time where afterwards there would be some kind of downtime or or able to transition to something fun yeah lighten it up that's good and so I, I prayed about it i just set it aside and then i brought it up when i thought i thought we had that that yeah. time set up speaking about timing we just had people over at our house over the weekend and someone was asking me theology questions at midnight and i don't know if, <laughs> if how well you know me but my my you know, quality, productive conversation seriously deteriorates after 9.30 p.m., Ooh, 10 o'clock? 9.30 is generous. Okay. so <laughs> 8.30 or 9. You can ask me a theology question at midnight. My response is not going to be as good as if you asked it at 7 o'clock yeah, True, true. Yeah. And that, okay. uh, that plays into it as well. So timing is an important thing, and you can basically set up a conversation for failure. Yes. If you bring it up yes. at the wrong time in the wrong place. Definitely. Great. The next thing I think we have to think sure. through is prayer, is praying beforehand. And that is something we're going back to the parenting discussion we just had. Can you just tell me, like, before we clicked record on this, you asked me, <laughs> what is prayer? <laughs> what, what do you mean? What happened I, there? I, I, <laughs> do you know was, what prayer is? I do know what prayer is. you're acting like yeah. you know what it is I right now. I do know, yes. Talking to God. <laughs> yeah, I asked that. It was out of context here. Okay. But um, I think we do need to pray. Pray for wisdom and how we're going to bring up an issue. Um, and wisdom in how the other person's going to be involved. And just really think through and bring it to God. Hey, I'm going to plan to talk to my spouse about this financial thing or this this vacation, you know, problem or whatever it is and pray about it beforehand so that you're in the right mindset and you pray for your spouse to be in the right mindset and for it to go smoothly. And that, that does make a difference. Yeah. And that could probably help with the timing thing. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to decide on when and where to bring something up, you should start that thinking process by praying yes. and just, just spend some time praying so that you are in the right frame of mind, having the right motives and mm, working yeah. toward the right goals when you bring up the conversation. And then also pray for your spouse that it would be well received and um, that it would be a conversation, not a conflict or a quarrel or a conundrum. What was the thing that you said? <laughs> I don't know. A kerfuffle. A kerfuffle. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, when I've prayed about something, that helps me to get control of the crazy that I like to call the crazy for yeah. me, like just mm -hmm. where my emotions and my what ifs and all of a sudden things get bigger and grow and grow and escalate. That yeah. helps to put a cap on that because I'm turning it over to the Lord and I'm seeing what's really important. What's really my goal? What do I, how do I, can I glorify God in this discussion rather than allowing myself to just kind of get heated up and, and expand? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Expand and pop like a balloon. Yeah. Like a and crazy balloon cliff. and fall off the cliff. Yeah. Yes. All right. So a third one is just the, the quantity of items brought up. Mm. You know, sometimes you, your brain, you've got like multiple cylinders operating all at the same time, firing all, all different directions yeah. all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, more of a linear thinker or mm -hmm. one thing at a time thinker. 
you're a multitasker, a hundred things at a time thinker. And yeah. I think through the years, uh, we've learned to live with each other in, in harmony in spite <laughs> of our so. differences yes, in this have. way. And, um, and so I think you've done a good job of bringing up an important thing. If there's an important thing to talk about, you bring one up at a time and we work through it and we talk through it and that's been helpful. Yeah, it's never going to be a good thing if I say, well, this and this and this. And I like open this scroll of items that just kind of filter out of my mouth because then there's all these different topics to talk about. We got to focus in on one thing, the most important thing, and discuss that rather than, I don't know, <laughs> all yeah. This, yeah, bringing in a thousand. I think you set your conversation up for failure if you bring up too many things maybe all at the same time. Yes. So I think it's wise to bring up one at a time and, yeah. and work through it. Okay. How about another one here? Um, it's just when, when something's brought up and one person is tempted to get defensive about what's brought up. Mm. Talk about putting yourself on the edge of the cliff yeah. to fall off. I think yeah. that, that, that is one of the major dangers here. Yes. Yeah, I do this. <laughs> I've done this before where I get a little bit feisty and uh, respond to what you're saying um, without a lot of calmness or just kind of dealing with the facts. Yeah. Um, I can get um, emotional, I guess, in response. Yeah. Sometimes our knee-jerk reaction is to be defensive yeah. and frustrated. Yeah with what's being brought up or how it's being brought up or why it's being brought up or any number of reasons. And the conversation is eclipsed yeah. by now any number of, you know, ways that things went wrong. Yeah. Do you remember when we went on, we had this awesome like date day and we were going to, we we're going to go shopping for part of it. And, um, in the car on the, on the way there. So like our first part of the date, I don't, I actually cannot think about what you brought up, but you were confronting me on something or you're bringing up some issue in my life and I wanted it. I needed it. I've, I've told you, please bring up things that you see, but I got like super angry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like crying and frustrated. It was a confusing uh, couple of minutes it, yeah, for me. It went on for a little while and I was upset about the, I guess the, I just got defensive. I just didn't like what you were saying and I was I was all riled up about it. And I can it's funny, I can't even remember the topic now. I can just remember how now we're in a fight about me and my response rather than just well, talking through the actual issue. What it turned into was what I did wrong in bringing this thing up. <laughs> I turned it over and <laughs> somehow it was your fault. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, so I'm now apologizing for the way I brought it up or I, I don't know. Yeah. But I think that's a real hazard that every couple faces mm -hmm. you know we we it's easy to be defensive in a conversation like this and it also kills the interaction yeah yeah and I do think in those times what has helped me to keep from being defensive is to stop and to pray and to take a minute before I respond out loud and before I come back on the attack yeah and I the other person needs to give a minute to yeah. talk and pray and yes. not insist that the conversation happens right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, so, yeah how, yeah, how else do you avoid being defensive? Like, that's kind of a hard thing. Oh, just be really godly. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, I, cool. I mean, I, well, I, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> no. That's it. I think as you grow and you're just, you know, I don't know. 
it's it's a hard one. It's hard because I, I want to attack you for bringing up something difficult. But if I've said I want you to bring up something in my life and if I'm open to it and I'm humble to receive it, kind of in that state of, yeah, I, I know I need to grow and I know there are issues, then I can respond better. I yeah. do think praying, and for me, I need to take a minute to cool. I can't just respond with the first thought and the first words right in my brain because they're not necessarily going to be godly or wise. They're not going to be truth-filled because I'm I'm responding in anger, and I need to, to turn that over to the Lord and say, God, let me think about what he's saying and take it to heart and take a deep breath and let's work through this. That's good. Yeah. Well, it's good when I do all that. That's helpful. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's our last thing? Yeah. It's just to, at the end of a conversation, uh, work for unity. You know, so, so don't leave a conversation. Don't move past the conversation before you find unity in it as yeah. a couple. Right. Because sometimes in a discussion, you just have a difference of opinion. You're just on different sides. You're bringing in different perspectives. And the, the discussion isn't necessarily going to go forward if there's not some compromise or some, uh, you know, hearing out the other person and then figuring out the best principle between the two, getting yeah. on the same page. Yeah, and this happened at that date day that you said, which I actually remembered a little bit differently. I thought we were just going to the store to buy some jeans, which is not my idea. It was a romantic date. (laughs) Not my idea of a date day. Well, we had no kids. I think that's what it was. Just you and I. You're right. It was a date day. It was a date. (laughs) Yeah. And so at this um, shopping excursion, uh, you know, we get into this argument. And I think part of the argument was you just saw it differently than I saw it. Yeah. And that just happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to leave it where we just have this difference of opinion. And I move out. I move on the rest of the day thinking that you're wrong. You move on the rest of the day thinking that I'm wrong. Yeah. We need to come to some sort of agreement that is good for both of us. Right. Right. That we both agree on. Yeah. I think that's important. And that takes work and effort and listening to one another and deciding that moving through the the conversation, moving past it to be united is more important than standing on your ground and fully getting everything you think and want and demanding, you know, your part. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it makes me think of First Corinthians 13, and we could probably spend a lot of weeks discussing some of the, you know, all of the principles there in that chapter on love. I think there's probably some aspects of love given in First Corinthians 13 that help with this sort of unity Definitely. that, that we're, we're going for here. And when you sign up to marry someone, you sign up for a lifetime of sacrificial love. And so what that means is sometimes, some days, you are going to have to sacrifice your preferences for the other person. Yeah. And sometimes that means going with your spouse's opinion over your own, even if you feel like your own is the right one. Yeah, which we often do. <laughs> love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And so there's a few phrases in there that speak directly to some of the issues 
we have identified here. Love's patient. It's kind. Um, it does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable, resentful. I mean, how often does a conversation move to a quarrel when you insist on your own way? Mm-hmm. I mean, that pushes, that tips you right over. Or you're impatient or unkind yeah. or you envy or you boast or you're arrogant or you're rude. <laughs> All of these things. <laughs> true, true. We should have just read this and then closed it out. That's true. Yeah. Just live out these things. Cool. Well, that's a great way to end it. And thanks for joining us on Thriving Marriage. Um, we hope that you are subscribing and in I don't know, benefiting from these. What do you want to say about that? That would be, yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. We're glad that you're here. (laughs) You're not here. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're glad that you're not here. But we're glad that you're you're listening. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. Mm, Thank you. Go. We appreciate you. Go and be reconciled. (laughs) I don't know. we, We didn't give a challenge. Oh, yeah. So just by way of a challenge here at the end, maybe read this 1 Corinthians 13 with your spouse. Read it together. Read it out loud. It's something really powerful about reading this text aloud in the presence of your spouse. It's really confrontational to us in our natural sinful dispositions. So we, we need this text and others like it. So read 1 Corinthians 13 with your spouse and... Do what it says. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. All right.